So as Dhamma practice is a matter of turning, returning again and again, returning again and again, because there's nowhere to go forward or backwards. We keep returning again and again to you know, handling, relating to, being aware of, whatever. However that you know, the conundrum, the puzzle, the dukkha, uh, stress, incompletion, not enough, frustration, too much, overwhelmed, inadequate, can't get, got too much of, what do I do with, got all these energies that need to be expressed, can't get them out, not enough energy to be expressed, can't get it going, <laughs> nobody listen to me. You know, I got all this wonderful stuff, but nobody can hear me. Everybody's listening to me, I've got nothing to say. So this is the travelling, um, this travelling that we, something shifting, travelling around all this. Mm. I sometimes move away from it, get into it, get out of it, travelling. And the saying is you don't get to the end of, this is the world within which is born, arises, ages, suffers, passes away. This is the world. One doesn't get to the end of suffering without getting to the end of the world. So then we take an idea like that. Okay, where do I go to get to the end of the world? How do I get rid of the world? The Buddha says, well, in this very body with its perceptions and mind is the end of the world. You just have to, you know, <laughs> what it takes to to um, arrive there, to 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 open it, to sense it. Where does it end? Sense it and the path, isn't it? Now, you know, I think uh, when one reads these things, one imagines the world to be external. When people in society, crisis, politics, you know. Mm. Mm. that's not quite the case mm. there's that aspect of it there's an external aspect of it internal aspect of it the world but your memories actions, reactions experiences of other people what other people think of me what they don't think of me what I feel about myself what I, yeah, all that internal world that one is bouncing around in, <coughs> something is bouncing around in. So it's important to realize, um, you know, with the world and which one is born, it's not a a nation or a country or a town it's a karmic predicament 
you know, which has its external manifestations, like according to causes and conditions, according to, according to causes and conditions, I arise in a male, with a male body. I arise in a particular country, with a particular language. Yeah, that's all causes and conditions arise. With all, and that's dukkha. <laughs> yeah, it's incomplete. It's it's vulnerable. It's fragile. It makes mistakes. It doesn't quite know what it's supposed to do. It's not happy with the, the external situation around it. It arises in a family which has some good, some bad, not quite so good. It's always doing that. Arising in a group where she's okay, he's a bit strange. I can't stand that. No, no, no. <laughs> so there, that's, quite, that's your world arising externally and internally. Is um, how do I deal with this? My, I'm in my world, my world of strange, chattering thoughts, my world of uh, constricted energies, strong rushes, sudden stagnant places. Swirling confusions, revelations, and so forth, luminosities, and then darkness, and wanting it, you know, and suddenly trying to find the right place in all that, where it all come together. We don't find it. One of the um, suggestions is the sense of self is a good one to uh, get some perspectives on. And um, certainly in many presentations, self gets a bit of a bad reputation. Nasty, greedy, hoarding, chattering, petulant, you know, obsessive creature that it is. <laughs> yeah, and uh, sort of dysfunctional, obsessive. Uh, and having lived with one of these for a while, <laughs> I kind of decided, well, this is this is my kind of guy, I reckon. <laughs> There must be some reason why we're in here together. It's my awareness and my mind. <laughs> okay. So, um, this is not condoning behavior. You're not saying it doesn't matter what it does. It's just that that's not quite the case. But really, just kind of the idea you're going to get rid of yourself or, you know, trying to shut yourself up or stop yourself talking or make yourself more reasonable or malleable that's not kind of not really the right attitude because <coughs> in this this is where the world begins so we have to you know we can't say don't begin <laughs> like don't get born well it's a bit late for that 
<laughs> so we have to find where the world be- the beginning of it and the beginning of it which is you've got to enter into that you can't enter into it if you're always trying to dismiss it or stop it or get worried about it or feel ashamed of it that's, that's not going to get you in there not going to get you in where the sin is to some, somehow it, what does <laughs> so if we're not contesting with ourselves what does well love is the breath of life (laughs) but we don't I'm not talking about you but I'm not entirely sure what this word love really means I had an idea when I was uh, 15 I didn't quite hold up to reality some kind of really strong warm feeling uh, so it starts with respect which what does that mean it doesn't mean I venerate it means that's that okay I stand next to that I'm with that I'm not trying to judge it or condone it or just there it is you know kind of a sense of it's okay for it to be there and I was suggesting in our first meeting and remind one again what is it that makes it where you can say it's okay to be here in your world where the agitation isn't there it's just okay sounds such a modest attainment it's actually that's the opening place it's okay to be with this. It's okay to be with this. That's that's the opening possibility. I don't have to get activated by it. I don't have to. There's no need to get activated around it. No need to get do something or stop something or avoid something. It's okay to be with this. And so uh, suggesting, once again, some things perhaps it's not okay to be with. You just can't stop getting activated. Well, then the skill is to, can you find anything (laughs) on any level in your world that's okay to be with? It could be just your toes, you know. (laughs) Or... uh, standing you like the physicality it's not great but it's okay I can be with that without trying to change my shape or whatever something you can get that sense this is the rest so it can be just you know if I can focus on just the sensations of standing holding my body upright then keep your attention over there spread your awareness over the whole of that form and enjoy it's okay standing you know there's a mountain in front of me nice plenty of space fresh air it's, it's okay and stay there don't be in a hurry to move in and start sorting yourself out which can be um, an instinct 
now I'm in a good space I can now really get into that self and start shaping it up I wouldn't recommend that and that's that's a natural response or reaction but it's not uh, it's going to create more self doing it yeah more self doing it more self throwing their meta at me <laughs> so he says there's respect or place where you can enter that it's okay any posture you know, and uh, any focus and sometimes this means we even the word focus we kind of I would imagine most of us assume focus is a closing in on a point quality yeah. and that really to get good focus is to get a really good clear point that's one kind of focus it's also a focus which is about widening zooming so in fact the details get slightly less crystal clear that's another kind of focus that's a focus and if you, you know, if even visually you try to sustain that focus, you realize it's quite difficult because your eye wants to jump in and see something, sustaining that focus. Why, why do that? Well, it means that focus, your energy is actually quite spread out, quite in, but not distracted. It's not snagging onto some detail and jumping around. It's just, and you feel the energy body opening mm. well, it's nothing fantastic but the triggering you can at least witness the triggering rather than immediately be in it because that, that wider field does support kind of a softer quality this is not the only focus it's not one that you need but I think it's a very important one because then once in that, I think I can I can be with this. Yeah? If I get start, my tendency is to get on a detail and oh, that's that. Oh no, what's I supposed to do? And I get detail and um, a little bit obsessive, and the contact impression is quite acute you focus on the fingertip for example then you can realize just how sensitive this one tiny part of your body is when it's contact impression is then quite acute quite strong and naturally when it's contact there's some sort of response and maybe reaction will be better and reaction is not good they happen but it's not great reaction everything stirred up it's jumping around and, and nothing has really been learned nothing has been released nothing has really been fulfilled it's just more traveling that's the traveling 
more travelling on. You won't get to the end of the world through reaction. Reaction happens, okay, then soften the focus. We're not blaming ourselves for those reactions. We're not condoning them. We're not saying it's because of her, them, this, that, that. That could be true, but that's not useful. Now we know there's a reaction. Widening. Where did you feel it? How did you feel it? Opening. You pretty much, you know, the focus. Softer. It's helpful. I used to wear spectacles years ago, and I, from me, I broke them. And I so much enjoyed the fuzzier sense of not being able to see what was going on. I thought, I don't think I need these. I feel much better without it. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't want to see that clearly. <laughs> Actually, I can see good enough. You know, good enough to not walk into things and, and so on. And uh, I wish I don't need to see that that clearly. And what happened was that what these eyeglasses were doing was creating a quite sharp... When I took, when I broke them, I realized my, my energy kind of opened. I feel that sense of something wider and rather more agreeable and softer. Well, this is a better way of living, you know. Yeah, I'll do without them. Um, so <laughs> that was just accidental, but I could I could pick up the sense and oh yeah, uh, and so then. Realizing most meditators will always prioritize the close-up focus, the sharp focus, in order to see things clearly and get into the details of what's happening, you know, and just to get that point. And that's, yeah, that's one kind of focus. It has its values, has its place. But there's also another kind, which is very helpful, I think, for establishing, first of all, the basic starting place, you know, the foundation where you can. It's okay. I feel a sense of something resting. It's okay. I'm not being activated. I have no motivation at this time. I've got no imperative, no agenda at this time. I'm not, you know. just okay. What the world is at this time is not entirely clear. Yeah. But we establish the okayness first of all. And that okayness, you can enhance it. Mm-hmm. So as you find the sense of the resting, the okay place, you realize this is actually free from harming free from acquiring, free from hoarding, free from comparing, free from judging, free from fear, free from obsession, free from me and them, free from that, free from the past, free from the future. Well, that's, that's really okay. So, you know, listening into it. And we're not asking for particular clear details yet, because clarity is a little bit of a 
it's a strange partner to have. You don't want a partner who's too clear all the time. It gets a bit intense. <laughs> High standards, <laughs> yeah. effectiveness, efficiency, and it, high standards, and then it's coming. It's going to go wrong pretty soon. <laughs> so we start in this place, and then okay, from there, okay, and then you might say here, here, very nondescript word here. Yeah, that fits. And then start to gently allow a body to form. Physical body, or what we call a physical body, sensation body. You know, so you don't, you just allow it to arise. This way is, uh, you can begin to, um, understand or realize over time how even your, your sense of your body is conditioned and has been doing various forms see some of these qigong exercises and so forth and it's a different body and you might realize that your other body is rather denser a bit more lopsided or strongly up in your shoulders or somewhere like that and mostly most bodies don't have feet <laughs> or only occasionally <laughs> what kind of body is that so we don't we just gently invite you know keep the open space keep the steadiness and the okayness and just gently invite a body to be present mm-hmm. and what will tell you that there is one First, of it is sort of a sense of something that feels coherent. No, no definite shapes. The sense of coherent, something coherent, something with a mm, hereness to it, and really resting in that place until one get you know the sense of you can say the word safe, and you know what it means. But you don't have to compress it. There's no, there's no resistance, there's no holding it back. There's no agitation on it, it becomes coherent without any pressure to adopt any particular shape. There's this internal shape, is a set shape of your social body. Condition social body. Probably a lot of face in it, I'd imagine. Not feet are not generally a social issue. Faces. So, for example, something like that. So it doesn't have to be anything, you don't need a face. We need the coherence which has no particular pressure to get on, to do, to make, to be concerned about a world outside seeing me. 
a world outside knowing me, a world outside witnessing me, doesn't have that. That's what we call really, really safe. Because uh, at that time, why should that world be there? It's a reaction. It's an, once one begins to sense, uh, if we're not really very full, with that slow process, co- allowing coherence to form, even though it seems small, or whatever, you know, gently allowing coherence to form, there's nothing outside looking at it. That's another form. That's another subtle mental form, isn't it? Which we don't think about, but there's a sense of apprehension. Am I allowed? Is it okay? Do I deserve? Do I need? Or am I I even willing to be here? (laughs) And it's not, it's not when you, it's not necessarily, (laughs) it's not necessarily, not necessarily guaranteed that this even is willing to be here. I mean, it's forced to be here, generally. But when we really allow the coherence to form of itself, where you know, to deserve to be here or do something to be here, that's those qualities, those tones, those suggestions, right? There's where the world is beginning (laughs) with those suggestions. With those suggestions, that's where the world begins. Mm -hmm. It's a subtle world at first. It's a sort of slightly apprehensive, That's where it's forming. If we can, uh, at that place, when this world begins forming, this is where we sense that the real giving, trust, allowing the coherence, allowing, trusting, valuing presence not describing it as something, not describing it as me, my body, me, my name, me, my gender, me, my age, not describing it as anything like that, just coherence, willing, gently encouraging it. There is a sense of willingness to, to form with no pressure and no obligation. I mean, this is something that's perhaps slightly mysterious. In meditation, you know, we're taking things, really coming down to the roots of how experience forms into a world and a self. Once, once the world starts forming, the self starts forming. The two are mirrors. They are. They really mirror each other. Once the world starts forming, the self forms in some relationship to that world. Once the world 
forms it may form with apprehension then the defending self starts the one who's going to do something to feel okay or it's going to become something to feel okay or it's going to stop being something to feel okay it doesn't quite know what it's going to stop but it's going to stop it anyway (laughs) so you get this kind of hesitant not willing to exist I don't know quite what's wrong but there's something wrong because there's a world born out of this apprehension therefore there's a sense of uncertainty don't quite know what's wrong with me so everything's wrong with me (laughs) that that covers all of it (laughs) so that we get the alienated self I, I don't think it's raging with anger it's just a little nervous and trying to work out what would feel good comfortable, okay the world, yeah, it still hasn't got people in it discreet people, but they'll arrive in due course (laughs) won't take long And as they do, then the self becomes even more crystallized, crystal clear, you know, you know, the defending self or the one placating self. If I placate the world, I'll be okay. If I do whatever it wants me to do, I'll be okay. Or if I present something nice, I'll be okay. Or if I behave myself, I'll be okay. Or if I cease to exist, <laughs> that'll be it. Or the bits of me that don't feel okay, I kind of squash them away. Then I'll be the only thing okay. And then that bit of the world, I try to avoid it, or claim it doesn't exist, or somebody else's problem. Oh, that's just him. You know, he's he's crazy anyway, so forget that. I mean, so the self then gets its defense strategies, application strategies, avoidance strategies. Uh, I'll get enlightened. That's what I'll do. That'll get me out of this. <laughs> I'll get away from the world altogether. It's samsara. My true self gets away from the world of samsara into nibbana. That's where I want to go. Yeah. And certainly in monasteries, this is kind of one of those you know, filtering things. Perfect. It says, I, w- I want to cover the monastery so I can get away from the world. And you go, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> Sympathise, but it's crazy in here too, you know. <laughs> Full of people <laughs> doing their stuff, and <laughs> so uh, uh, you know, sort of suggestion there is, but there is a way that this defending, agitating, structuring, placating, appeasing. Avoiding 
reactions can stop because we need to acknowledge them this is uh, Chitta Sankara so all these reactions somatic, uh, emotive con- conceiving, thinking mind it's all these reactions Sankara in normal this is how the self is formed it isn't, you know, it's not some ultimate self but this is how the the sense of self is these forms, these verbal forms, conceiving forms, where we think things through, our patterns, our descriptions of reality, that's the conceiving self. And we like to get that one nice and clear. You know, conceiving self. I know your thing, you're one of those, and that's that, because you have a psychological disorder problem. I know where you're at, and you need to do this. And conceiving self, I'm on top of it, or I've got it there. Yeah. And uh, you know that happens. Mm-hmm. And then the emotive, emotives, the, the chitta sankara, the volitional heart self, that itself, which is, you know, with its various emotive patterns: worry, agitation, uh, apprehension, anxiety, uh, well, domination, expansion. Oh, I'm fantastic, everything's great, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and all of these. And then we have this somatic energies, which are, are less, because they're less verbalized, they're pretty, can be pretty uncomfortable, but actually they're right on the, on the, that's where it's, that's a very accurate place to sense it, because there's much less of the, socially constructed and learned uh, programs it's pretty natural very basic and natural natural you know tension uh, natural agitation and natural you know we can feel these senses as reactions you see animals doing the same thing that gets less personal Personal sankharas are generally involved with the conceiving mind and the emotional reactions. And this is these are self forms. So our so the response, or rather than reaction, is first of all acknowledging, which is powerful. And sometimes it, you know, acknowledging itself is is a powerful. Um, process of realization mm-hmm. you know getting the news oh dear uh-huh. and then uh, so coming back to our remembering the okay place and what the, what what created coherence and the okay when it was okay what created a coherent form a harmless no pressure, no no tweaking, no agitation, uh, no condemnation, no fear, not craving to prove something, arrive somewhere, get a conclusion, become something, not craving for that, not trying to get out of it, not trying to disappear, not wriggling away, not where where that isn't there. 
going back to that, this is where you know, the enlightenment factors, a Bodhi tree begins to, to blossom open from that root. We've got to go to that root many times yeah, to feed it with acknowledgement. This is quite a soft focus, I find, and feeding it with acknowledgement. Not anything more than that. Acknowledging is power. Yeah, so that acknowledging awareness has a power, and so when I when it, then we'll call it then then I call it presence. See, so it gives it a little more sort of sense of substance to it. So we are aware that we can feel okay, and then acknowledging, appreciating it becomes something more like presence. Just words, but it means it becomes much more. Oh yeah, you know. And this is where it starts to, you know, you really the somatic energies get it first of all. In other words, your body, you get it in your body first of all. I suggest, and maybe the heart gets it at the same time. Some sense of the there's a possibility. Faith arises. This is the most important and significant of the five indriya, the five support qualities, is faith. I mean, there's a possibility. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it is. But I feel there's some possibility to be here without having to prove anything or become anything. Oh, there's no words around it. And then we, I, I, then that, that's what you keep acknowledging, the faith quality. Again, all these words are slippery. It doesn't mean believing anything. It doesn't mean I'm now committed to Dhamma practice. It just means it hasn't, hasn't arrived at that level yet. It may get there, but now it hasn't arrived. It hasn't arrived there yet. And remember, this is just what I'm saying. It hasn't arrived there yet. It doesn't mean it won't arrive. And you've got to be really sense right now it hasn't arrived at you know a place where I'm totally committed to meditation practice. You do that, and then totally committed to meditation practice. Then you wonder why weeks later you're not doing it because <laughs> you jump too fast. You move too fast. See, that's a reaction. You felt a bit spacious and relieved. This is it. This is the only way. I want to do the rest of my life. Okay, take your time. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't arrived there yet. Just sense it's okay to be here. Mm. That's the important thing. And allow that. By acknowledging that you, that's the place where energy starts to arrive. Second indriya, energy. At that place of okay, it becomes a little richer, more vitalized, stronger. It's energy. Right? So then that coherence, feeling the energy there. And sustaining it, the sati. Mindfulness, 
collecting into that. Knowing it for what it is. So, of course, this is, you know, the ideal, but the likelihood is that things are less than ideal. <laughs> you know, we experience something as a jump when we're into a bit of history. There's a jump, and there's a bit we're into I should be. There's a jump, and I can't stand it. There's a jump, and it's his fault. There's a jump, and it's my fault. There's another jump, and it's my mother's fault and so forth and it's jump, jump, jump it's a jump with the problem is Bjarnberg's fault and a jump with Switzerland's fault you know, you know name it there's always somebody available <laughs> and I got you know and then of course once you're there then the, the the self that's arisen in this agitation straight up to conceiving mind I think it's their fault because they did this, they did this and that, and they never do that. There it is, nice and clear description of that. And of course, then one holds on to that. And um, this is the sort of thing that happens. And we say, when you recognize when things are crystal clear about other people, something's gone wrong. <laughs> It's, it's too dang clear. <laughs> Something's gone wrong. There's no way in which anybody knows another person. Mm. Because there isn't a person. <laughs> to know. And how that movement can create a sense of now I know I'm right. And then the form, self-forming in that. I am the misjudged self. I am the self who knows exactly the way the should things and these stupid people aren't doing it. <laughs> the righteous self, yeah? That's the defense. Or of course it can go the other way. I'm pathetic, hopeless, useless, everybody hates me. I'm totally convinced of that. I have faith in that. <laughs> a nice coherent form it's tight as a tight as a nut but it's mine and I've proved it again everywhere I go it's the same thing funny that isn't it and so you know that one so whenever these selves form and maybe perhaps they're not so rigid perhaps they're just kind of moving from this to that and busy chattering self frightened self the defending self the wounding self the glorious self who knows everything free from all kind any kind of blame totally irrelevant I'm beyond it any of that self you know, who's this so we start to you know, return remember soften widen knowledge don't adjust it don't adjust it it's something important to be sensed here don't be ashamed of it don't adjust it if 
you know, attempt that. That quality of presence, which is not adjusting, supporting, condoning, you know, that's free from craving. That's the bit, a craving that we didn't even know it was there. A craving to be something. When the craving to be something isn't being activated, this claw, which you may have experienced, this sudden grasp and tightening, that doesn't happen. That grasp and tightening of mind, however mind forms, upadana, that depends upon craving, nothing else. Nothing else. Now, if you experience that tight self, defending self, self is not good enough, self who is fantastic, nobody really gets how wonderful I am. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's got one of those, but it's possible, um, <laughs> I guess. Clasp. You just go to the sense of the clasp. You maybe experience a tightening, a clasping, a, a, a fake, what I call a fake coherence, which it's a coherence which establishes a very clear sense of self with a world outside it. That's that's fake coherence. That's conditioned coherence. There's me and there's a world outside it. And that occurs however clear, convincing, elaborate that self is, it's a fake. And it's supported by this grasping. And once we sense that, the grasping, then you've got to also be aware of, if you don't like it, then for sure what's going to happen, what will be there is the desire to get rid of it. It may not verbalize, but there'll be some instinctive, you know, and a lot of craving is non-verbal. So you don't really get it. You know, I get verbal craving, like, oh, I want one of those, you know. But that's kind of fairly easy to deal with. And you can say, no, you can't have it. (laughs) Oh, well, I tried, but (laughs) I must learn to give up a little bit, you know, and stop having a tantrum around it. (laughs) Sense objects. But there's also the ones that don't speak. They're the difficult ones, the instinctive. Craving to defend myself, to be exonerated, to be free from blame, to be loved and appreciated, to be left alone except when I want to be with somebody. You know? <laughs> that one which doesn't have a, necessarily have a voice to it, that's, that's more difficult. Uh, so when we cultivate this softer focus, you can recognize, you can sense it happening more, more easily because your sense of being is quite misty. And anything that crystallizes in that, uh-huh, mm. 
So the sense of wanting to get rid of things or not be, not experience, not have happen, including the grasping, then this is called vipava, the craving to not not be, not take that form. The craving to not have that form creates another form. (laughs) That's what craving inevitably, unless it's understood, will generate this clasping mechanism. So that we now have two selves. The one I don't really like and the one who's trying to deal with the one I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> and then if we work on that we can have three of them one who's trying to make peace with these two guys <laughs> to make them calm down and accept each other now we've got three of them <laughs> so meditation you get pretty busy in a day So acknowledgement is the acknowledgement of grasping. It's, uh, it's not a very pleasant word, uh, you know, distasteful word, and perhaps we shouldn't use it. But we can uh, experience the sense of you know, crystallizing, you know, a certainty, a clinging, a sense of sensing oneself. And how is that? Do you enjoy that experience? Are you can you be restful, open, relaxed with that experience? if you really like it then you get another kind of craving which is the craving to continue it develop it make more of it and it's really nice experience wow great and I want to keep this going have more of it and tell everybody else about it (laughs) this is another kind of craving and that creates another kind of grip Maybe this grip, we rather enjoy this grip. We feel really in ourselves. I found my true self. <laughs> well, who found that? Oh, no, who found it? And so there's two of you again. <laughs> and then there's one who's rather embarrassed about that. And there's three of you. And then the one who's trying to stop this whole process going on, there's another one. <laughs> so this process of, of bare acknowledgement is quite a quite a subtle balance, isn't it? Just say there's, there's pleasure. If it's pleasant, you want it, you like it, right? <laughs> so you re- may recognise that mechanism. I finally found a good place to be. Recognise that mechanism. Yes, okay, there's there's. Can we sense that and just begin to, you know, sense the, 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 the gripping, the, the craving, the wanting to perpetuate it? Acknowledge. Bring presence to bear upon that. Bring awareness, bring awareness as presence, just to shine onto that. With nothing other than to really fully sense it. 
awareness, sensing it fully, present, sensing it fully. Mm. And suddenly it doesn't seem so important anymore. It's, it's just a pleasant thing. Green retreat, want to do another one. Yeah. Finally found out to make this thing work. Finally found out to make it all work for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pleasant, comfortable. Good, good. Let's just sense that, bring awareness, presence to bear upon that. And yeah, that was rather nice. That was rather nice. Yeah, okay. let it go, let it be. Don't have to continue it. But if it continues, that's fine. But we really begin to sense it's okay to have pleasure, and it's okay to not okay to have displeasure. But you know, as a as a dumber as a dumber, it's valid. Put it that way. As, as a dumber, as a phenomenon, it's a valid part of experience. Pleasant, painful, holding on, and trying to make it work. That's all valid as a dhamma, as a phenomenon that we bear presence with, sustaining presence with, acknowledging, getting some sense. This is where focus, now focus is not just the re- uh, kind of a conditioned uh, habit. It's actually focus that is invited because something is asking it. Pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. And then you start the Dhamma Vijaya. If you're exploring Dhamma, this is the Dhamma called grasping, or that. This is the Dhamma. There's a gentle penetration, suffusions. It's the word we use for many of these more skillful. Uh, responsive energies rather than Sankara. Sankara wants a result. Sankara wants to get the result. Sankara wants to be the person who's got to the other beyond this. Sankara travels the world and doesn't get to the end of the world. But presence doesn't travel the world. It's opening, and then what is invited? See if we feel something gripping or shaking. It's just inviting you to bear presence with that. And there's a subtle uh, lightness. This is what love is, at least one aspect of it. It's not so intense, it's not so impassioned, it's not so emotionally flavoured, but it's a suffusive, penetrative energy. It begins to... And it's slow. In terms of our reactive mind, which bounces around very, very fast, and our desire to get things achieved over things, particularly unpleasant things, the, the response to that is very fast. I really don't want that. So you get panic. 
and reactivity and totally understandable it's not going to work at all and so there's patience and things have to suffusion presence that process has to operate at its own rate and sometimes these layers are rather dense the the uh, habits of Sankara yeah, they certainly happen in the present but they also lay down uh, what do I say they lay down internal structures They, if you like to put it very poetically they create subtle forms they, they create you know they create pathways they create um, fixed patterns they create fixed habits you don't create them they create them and it becomes very very firmly established so I mean sometimes I play with this image say you know you've got a, a jungle forest and there's this kind of wild pig in the forest and the wild pig has panics because he hears a tiger charges through the bushes so it creates a little path so another pig's walking on he says oh there's a path there it goes through the p- down that path path gets a bit wider a couple of other pigs come along well there's the path they go down that path too it gets wider eventually the deer come along oh a nice path here they go down it a whole herd of deer go down this path it gets wider more established then human being comes along oh look build a road here it was a road down that path nice firm road yeah. cars go down this road that's the track Every when they want to go somewhere they jump in their car they go down that road somebody builds a house on it <laughs> this is how Sankaras go <laughs> Till eventually it's the one and only way to go is down this road that's the only way to go and how did it begin? One wild pig. <laughs> Frightened. <laughs> and it builds up and builds up and builds up because that's the, that's, that's the easy way. That's the immediate way. The fast way, the fast immediate way is the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. So the, the slow way is the way of no progress no progress there's no progress so we put this faith in no faith in no progress oh, this is good <laughs> then the energy will start to, to move at its own rate we have to bear in mind all our ways of considering things and valuing things are conditioned uh, and conditioned so strongly conditioned by very firmly entrenched conditioning experience yeah. and uh, as it says you know the Buddha says sometimes this is your own or seemingly coming from your own internal agitation anxiety sometimes you just pick it up from others it's acquired through the presence of other people other people we get educated or indoctrinated into certain habits um, social structures demand that you go down that road at that speed uh, 
then you've got to go that way. You've got to go fast down that track, you know. So it's particularly evident when we certainly might go to airports, you know, and you, you wait for the elevator, you push the button, the door opens, okay. Just about to get through the door and you get closes. And you're stuck in the door. Because you're supposed to jump in, you see. So you kind of get yourself to, okay, take a mindful step forward and come on. <laughs> you know? We lose so many good monks that way, just stuck in elevator doors. turnstiles that flick back if you're walking through they flick back and whack you in the belly because you didn't get through them quick enough so you've got to kind of get frantic to keep up with it it feels really weird <laughs> getting on trains and things like that you know sort of, I've missed trains by being too mindful <laughs> when I go to a railway station stop being mindful just go frantic then you'll be okay <laughs> so we pick up these things but we, if we can find an occasion where we don't have to you know and you remind yourself you don't have to make progress you don't have to get things clear you don't have to get things sorted out we have to really encourage just find the place where it's okay to be here and explore what here is, is how you sense here not as a crystal clear location in space and time but a kind of subtle sense of presence that begins to have a coherence to it and then with that with it as that becomes present then probably all these slightly you know diseased or un- uncomfortable forms can arise they're supposed to you know, and then the sense of maintaining presence in that. This is, you know, don't have to even understand it, but sense it. You don't have to label it even. Just that acknowledgement is much less than that. The contact. What is the contact? The contact. Don't want this. How does it, what's happening? Why is it like this? What should I do about this? That's called unpleasant. There's grasping. So if we acknowledge that, acknowledging being, bearing presence with grasping, it will dissolve. Otherwise there could be no end. If there were no end, the Buddha wouldn't have taught it. If you couldn't do it, he wouldn't have taught it. If it didn't give rise to greater well-being, he wouldn't have taught it. But it does. He did. He did know it. It is true. You can do it, and it, it is conducive to well-being. <coughs> 